Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. Two chunks and a hunk. This time, my name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I am your chunk. I'm Doge, and uh, one sin minor, and my life is a living chunk hole. Nice. <laughs> and I'm Carter, and reality pill, Margie. It was never you he liked. It was the chunk. Mm. Mm. Isn't it true though? Isn't serves it true? Margie, uh, serves Margie right. Margie, what a name. What a name is Margie. Hey, it's short for margarine. <laughs> short for margarine. She's a butter substitute. Hey, none of us, I noticed. I couldn't help but notice. None of us are the hunk. And after I, weeks of counting the three of us, it really seems like none of us said hunk. It, it really would seem hmm. to be that way. It appears to be. And that's because... I don't know if you guys know this, but the hunk, I would call it the American people. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the best way to say it is democracy hath been exercised. And That's I, true. I think that anytime the American voice is allowed to, regardless of what it says, when the American voice is allowed to speak, when the American voice is allowed to stand, and say, hey, yeah, count me, all of count me. me. This is who I want to win the old man contest. Yeah, in the, in the contest between the old men, this is the old man that I choose, says democracy. The, the out-of-touch old gentleman that I choose, and I deserve to be counted top to bottom, toe to tip. I think that is hunk-worthy, hunk-alicious. And dang it, just plain apple pie American. To all the ballots, everyone, (laughs) we salute you. (laughs) To those about to ballot, (laughs) we salute you. Angus? Uh, Is Angus Young here? Oof, Angus Beef more like it. Angus Beef is more (laughs) like it, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Somehow, against all odds, though, this is still a movie podcast. It Believe is still it or a not. movie podcast. Fun fact, doing Glory, Glory, Hallelujah in the background is something that my friend group has done for a long time. If they were ever just like, if, if you could feel the energy of somebody being really passionate about anything, <laughs> <laughs> you would start to get two and three and four part harmonies of that, like humming in the background. So I can't funny. imagine <laughs> how infuriating that would be if you were trying to be serious for any right. reason whatsoever. <laughs> more often than not, it ended up just having that person just hit the reality Standing of how ridiculous table. it was and then <laughs> yeah. just dramatically finishing Right. But for the so sake good. of the bit. And it was it was always magical. 
I can see it so fitting good. really well if somebody's getting really impassioned about like <laughs> something like nacho etiquette or things that don't matter where it's like, and I don't <laughs> yeah. think the cheese yeah. belongs There was on one top. in particular that uh, Andy <laughs> Hang Binky, on, that's a wild position about Yeah, nachos. I think it should be in between the chips. I think you need to make sure that your cheese is touching every chip because when you have like a, a chip sandwich? Chips, no, 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 no. When you have like a pile of chips and then just dump cheese willy-nilly on top so and you get a just, bunch of dry you mean chips layers. Right. You think yeah. there should be layers. Right. Yeah. yeah, there is still okay. cheese on the top. On the top of the cheese. Yeah. I just don't mean on the yeah, top yeah, yeah, of the yeah. pile because you end up with a I bunch of dry. You, you end up with a bunch of dry scoop and chips down below, but yeah. dry hot chips on the bottom. No, thank you. But heads up, I've already eaten all the stuff to, with which or upon which I would scoop and munch. And so, I thought you were saying plate, pile of cheese, some chips, microwave. You have nachos, and that is unconscionable. <laughs> <laughs> oh man you know my favorite thing about doge is always he talk and he talks so good he talked good his mouth great now speaking of doge talks so good i i think he it's do. important he really do i think it's important that we talk about what we're about to talk about which is of course a movie and part of our decom series that you the listener, our dear, dear listener, have chosen. And uh, this week's DCOM, the second in our series, third place in your vote is Xenon, girl of the 21st century. Nice, beautiful. Hey, this movie is so wild and crazy that I can't begin to wrap my brain around it until Doge delivers unto me a synopsis. This week's synopsis was written by Alexa. Alexa writes, It's the future. When Xenon is forced to leave the space station that is her home, banished to Earth after she gets into some trouble with Chief Wyndham, with <laughs> the help of some Earthlings, she searches for evidence that Wyndham is corrupt and a way to return home. I don't think Wyndham is a chief of anything. That's what Alexa says, and Alexa's not wrong. <laughs> Rarely. Rarely. rarely rarely if ever so do you guys catch what year this takes place in 2049 earth looks way different than it does in blade runner <laughs> oh that's right same that's Where funny Denis totally ripped it off yeah i've been saying that wow Denis ripped off xenon for blade runner 2049 Come everybody on, knows that carter that's why that's why when uh deckard finally meets uh ryan gosling they're both like Zetus Lapidus. Can you, can you imagine old grumpy Harrison Ford saying Zetus Lapidus? I'd love, I'd love to. Zetus Lapidus. That scene, that scene where Ryan Gosling just loses his mind for a second in that like hyperbolic chamber thing when he's talking to yeah. the girl, except he's just screaming Zetus Lapidus. <laughs> <laughs> Top of his lungs, spit flying from his mouth, face already. He's just like, Zetus Lapidus. <laughs> and Harrison Ford is just like, don't go all gaseous on me. Don't go all gaseous on me. They're like, his thing is like, cells, cells, nebularius, cells, nebularius, cells. Oof. <laughs> so, as far as competing visions of the future, on the one hand, we've got Blade Runner 2049. On the Sam other hand, Morton we do have. Just Greg. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. I didn't put that together until now. So I'm just having a lot of fun playing in that 2049 shared universe. That's very good. Such a stra- <laughs> such a like random year to just pluck. It makes sense for <laughs> Xenon because it's 50 years in the future. But Denis, I guess it was 30, 32 years in the future or something yeah. like that when he did it. Is that right? I thought it was 2019 in the original Blade Runner. I think it's 30 years. Sure. I'm talking about from when the movie was released, though. Oh, no. Yeah, no, I know. It was just a 30... Because it was 30 years between releases of Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049, mm-hmm. and it was 30, so it was 30 years. years. Yeah. Yep. Um, which is funny. because 50 20, years from when the movie was made. Very good. Very good. 30, though. No. 30 years, though, from when the movie 2049? was 2049? Oh, I'm talking about Xenon now. Yeah, Xenon, yeah, yeah. the yeah, movie our saying. podcast is supposed Xenon to Xenon was 50 years. That's the, what we should have been talking about this whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're talking about the 2049 shared universe, which I think so is... Xenon, that is Xenon's a replicant, obviously. Yes, yeah, but Xenon's anyway. a replicant. Um, the, the retro... Not even retro futurism. It's just straight up dip and dots futurism is the only way I can think <laughs> to describe this. Everything in this... Everything in this movie looks like what Dippin' Dots pitched its ice cream as. The ice cream of the future, the, the clothing of, of the, the future. future. Like future, future. Everything in this movie looks like, you know what it looks like? It looks like somebody watched that uh, Teletubbies under the their hill where they yeah. all live. Somebody saw that, saw a Dippin' Dots stand in uh, a mall and watched a boy band music video and were like, hold up. I can make an aesthetic out of this. Well, honestly, it's so very much the Tomorrowland aesthetic. Yes, like if you go it to is. Disney World, it's the Jetsons, right? It's that this is Tomorrowland. Yeah, 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 for sure. But it made me miss Disney World. It's almost not even retro. Like that's what I was saying because it's not like it's not like old made new. It's just like <laughs> this is what the future is yeah, probably going to be like. There's a lot. Yeah, it's a. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. I find this movie disgustingly charming. You know, it was a book first, right? I didn't until I saw that at the beginning this watch through. Yeah, you can clearly see. Look, I'm looking at the covers of the books. You can clearly see the first one came out before the Disney Channel one did. And then all of the others. Xenon is wearing this hot pink like yeah. vest thing. And she yeah. has blonde hair like she mm-hmm. does in the movie. Yeah, um, that sounds right. Yeah, based on a children's book. Which is distinctly different and way less protozoa than uh, the movie is. Is it? Like, yes. is it? Is it a little more <laughs> grounded? Oh, yeah. The whole thing is that she gets sent to Earth to keep her out of trouble, and then she goes to her grandparents' farm and learns chores. <laughs> okay. Learns chores? I mean, it's a children's book. It's like a picture. It's like Berenstein Bears or something. Oh, is it really? You know, it's like that kind yeah. of book? Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like a young adult novel. That's funny. <laughs> Xenon was from space, but now sometimes she helps take the trash out. I think I like that. That's very good. Yeah. This, do you guys remember watching this as kids? Carter, did you watch, is this one you caught when you were younger or no? Nope. <clears throat> I distinctly, I mean, this movie feels like my childhood when I started. I probably watched this when the second one came out in like 2001 or two. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know that I watched this when I was five. Uh, I think I probably did, to be real. I think I think I probably did. I watched. So your I've family could afford a TV. That's huge. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, hmm. I'm not trying to brag. We had a TV. Um, oh, okay. No, that's fine. Sometimes that's we watched great. it. So 
So you just podcast for fun then? You don't like Yeah, it's this? a hobby. It's sort of like a hobby. <laughs> oh, okay. I got that That's t- interesting. I got that TV trust fund. I still have that yeah. uh, that TV's in a bank just accruing value right now. Wow. So you got to the top the top <laughs> it of the weighs whole, 800 the pounds. You. It does, dude. I helped my dad move it out of our house a long time ago and that thing <laughs> was basically a piece of furniture. It was not a television. Yeah. It was a piece of furniture with a screen in it. The thing was beefy. Um but I th- yeah, there's something I find so charming about the vision of the future in this, it is so optimistic. This vision of the future. Um, when we started it, it was like everybody had had to go up to the space station. I was like, Oh, climate change, huh? And it was like, No, advances in science. And I was like, Oh, 1999, you beautiful, beautiful idiot. I love There's what just you're some, bringing to some the of table. This blind optimism that we saw in Luck of the Irish, too. <laughs> right. Look at the Irish also. I don't want anybody to think there's a sequel. If if only. No, but yeah, (laughs) it it is that element of like, there's just some of this like, everything's fine and everybody's okay. Watch this movie. (laughs) I I needed it this week. DCOMs feel more sugar-coated than like Disney movies. Holy. Yeah. There is, we have now seen uh, two, we are two for two for kids having both their parents. Like we're seeing (laughs) full families, no one's dying. Like, <laughs> whereas like you think of the Lion King or anything that we did when we were doing our, our Disney dozen, like yeah. lots of death, lots of orphans. Uh, so yeah, Dis- Disney definitely loves has a, orphans. Has a, I think has a flowery, flowery view. The, now the most, the most grounded and real of the Disney movies, the most grounded in reality is certainly uh, Brink, but that was stolen from us. So yeah, there you go. People just, people just want to live lies, I guess. But um, Xenon though. So I want to, I want to, I want to super pump now because it is my super pump permeates this movie all throughout. My super pump is the slang language that they have created for Xenon. This language, this language, it is terrible and it is amazing. Like it, it reminds me of watching Star Wars Phantom Menace and them being like, so wizard. Like it is just none of it is good. All of it is bad. And I love every ounce of it. Like all of the uh, they're in danger mortis, like in the little slang uh, catch up sesh that she has with Greg in the school where he's like graphic means beautiful. Like all of it Oof. is so good. And this movie is not the same without Cetus Lapidus, breakdown major. Oh, major anymore. Yeah. I mean, yeah. gotta have it. And I just love it so much. Space day up in the space day. I got to go back to the space day. Like it's just that, that is what I think of when I think of this movie is the weird way they talk. And I love it so much. Yeah. Space day is how our college roommate Gabe would have said space station. Yeah, for sure. Got to head over to the space day. Yep. Grab a um, stir on the way. Yikes. Uh, here's the thing, though. He called donuts dones. I know. I lived with him. <laughs> it was awful. Um, here's the thing, though, is that this language is not my super dump, but it what? is. it was almost my super dump. Why? Because it was this impenetrable shell of frustration that I kept having to feel like I was wading through. And I knew it was in this. I mean, I've seen this movie a hundred times. I did not remember it being so completely grating. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) It's a lot. It It is is definitely a lot. lot. It's a lot. But I can see how, I mean, they they basically used 
methods to get it in your young adolescent brain. It's like, okay, oh, they're going to know, they're going to know exactly how to talk. Like, I remember, from a space. I remember so talking like this me. with my friends at school. Like, isn't that funny to talk like Xenon, you know? I just, yeah. I, I don't know why I find it charming and not annoying at all. Oh, it's super duper grating to me. No, I love it. Oh, it's so good. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's what we're going to talk like in 30 years. So you might just want to go ahead and get on board. Yeah, probably. Or else you're going to have a tough time major. <laughs> tough time major. So yeah, I, I th- it's important to me that my super pump gets out at the beginning because it's in yeah. every scene of this movie. This line yeah. is in every scene of this movie. There's a lot that happens in this, huh? You know, I found myself being like, we're like 45 minutes into the movie. She hasn't even gone to Earth yet. This is wild. Yeah. So that's actually going to be my super dump. Oh, wow. Uh, right off the this, bat. This is heavy. The, well, it's, I mean, again, it's like your super pump. It's every, it permeates sure, everything in this movie. Sure. This script is too full. <laughs> there is too much going on. There are too many scenes in this movie. And like, I don't know that I've ever super dumped that before, but this movie <laughs> is... This movie tries to do too many things in its very meager runtime. And we tried there are too many characters that we try to give full and complete arcs to. Like this is the only time I'm gonna say a decom tried too hard. <laughs> but like, <laughs> you could have taken it a little easier. Like I don't need a I don't need an arc for her aunt. You know what I mean? Like oh, she's I barely do. in this movie. Give her, give I don't love. need that. Like, give her love. I, there's a lot of stuff that they try to do. Too much. She and Greg have like four <laughs> scenes together. But and they fall in love. Like, so. Well, that's the thing. Do you fall in love in four scenes? I mean, maybe when yep. you're 13. And, and that's the thing. Like, it's it's again, it's hard Greg to penetrate. Greg fell in love in one scene. Greg. It's hard to <laughs> Greg penetrate. was creepy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. It's hard Greg, to think that's yeah. something that's been exaggerated for children. Sure. You know, yeah. or if that's like the, the actual intent is that Xenon and Greg spent eight hours together and now love each other for the rest of time. Yeah. Dude, well, they don't. So, He's not even in, in any of the other Xenon movies. But yep. when, so, no, they're long distance. They're pen pals. When Xenon and her aunt are at that restaurant on Earth and Greg's table is there, I've never noticed it before. But the whole scene that Xenon and her aunt are talking, Greg is just staring at Xenon That's over all he his does. Aunt. He stares yeah. all the time. Oof. He stares all the time. So my super dump Dang. is uh, in direct relation to yours, Doge. And it is because, because of the end... That's the moment it hit me all at once at how much they were trying to do because we end it with no idea how any relationships will move forward. Right. Uh, (laughs) I have no idea if she's ever going back to earth. Hey, that was a good time there. Didn't really learn about the lessons that that (laughs) happened on earth. She didn't do any chores. She didn't know. Didn't do any chores at all. She didn't even brush a horse. And yeah, she's, uh, they're back on the space station space day. And, uh, yeah, we just don't know what's going to happen. Our villains, have they been punished in any way? Dude, the way that they are arrested is a lady walks up to them and crosses her arms. <laughs> he goes, like, that's he goes arrest they those tried, men. And she just stomp, were, stomp, cross. Yes, thousands of lives at stake. And this this was not handled anything past like comically kosher. Like it was like they I'm didn't not mad, do anything. I'm just disappointed. These guys <laughs> violated the Geneva Convention. Now, now. Also, Wyndham is like a bigger person. Like, is he to scale like times two of what normal people look like? He's so tall. 
Yeah. He's, yeah, he feels like an alien that's like getting ready to just bust out. Like they can't hold this disguise for much longer. <laughs> yeah. I thought that might happen. I don't know. Are there this aliens second in, time the, in the Xenoniverse? Yes. In I the don't second, know. The second movie is all about aliens. I don't know. Should have been in the first one. But yeah, it did feel, it feel, it felt like an abrupt end. Again, this is a, a, I realize this is a 90 minute made for TV movie on Disney. Okay. So I know I wasn't going to get a lot of answers, but <laughs> we sure, we sure asked a lot of questions though. Like more than I I've love, ever seen. I love that. My biggest problem with Xenon is like, tie up your loose ends. I love this. Tie up your loose ends, Xenon. I love it this. It feels like, it feels like Xenon knew it. Xenon's like, I am a 90 minute television movie for adolescents. But I am also, <laughs> but I am also... I contain multitudes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it feels like somebody who goes to a buffet and gets one of everything and takes one bite of everything and says, that's enough for me. There's just so it tries to do so much. Like even the arc with like with Raven being, I guess, sad she didn't win the protozoa contest. And then Xenon's like, no, don't worry. I learned a lesson on Earth about how to not be on stage with this band. You go do it. Dude, how, fa- <laughs> how fantastic <laughs> is Protozoa, though? Oh, dude. <laughs> I mean, yeah. his, whole, his whole thing is, I mean, it it's absolutely great. kills me. Um, his hair. Oof. Hair's amazing. Song's a bop. The song is a bop, dude. I mean, yeah. certified for real. And it's up for uh, like they give us a full song, yeah, like a song and a half of it. <laughs> no and I'm kidding. down. I'm down. Yeah, I mean, you you want to talk about runtime for this movie? We dedicate about six minutes at the end to Supernova Girl. <laughs> yes. Jeez. I oh. and for for all the poo pooing I've done on like how much they give us, I also super pump. Dang, I I feel like that this Dude, was you're not even a, having to talk about. <laughs> I feel like this was a, uh, I like the chances that were taken in here. Sure. I, I really yeah. do. I think it was super creative. I think there's points this that I'm like, a huge oh my swing. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> like to where it's even doing something that I haven't seen too many decoms do, which is the the good old, especially the, the Pixar like reach parents in a way. And it wasn't necessarily lessons for me, but I was like, that's kind of a creative I like parts of that feel like that could make sense. Like if that's what we wanted to do to like test things and they got a few things right in terms of like, okay, earth's not enough. Where do we need to go to learn more? Which are things that we're kind of doing today, sure. uh, which it's, it's definitely not exactly like this, but yeah, outside of it being like, why, why did leaving earth create a completely different culture with new fashion? I don't understand that part yet. Um, right. because maybe if we had it yet, we've got, we've got TVs, so we know maybe what's going on down there. I don't know. Um, but for all of that point. though, it did feel, I was immersed honestly in whatever this budget was and what they were able to create. I was immersed in this world and I thought it was honestly really interesting. And I was like totally down. I actually to think see the what space happens. station looks pretty good. Like, yeah, I think well, the it has some, looks pretty nice. It's, it's, you know, yeah. We talk about people ripping off from this movie. It looks a lot like, uh, looking at you, uh, Chris, it looks a lot like Interstellar's uh, spaceship. I'm just saying. It also looks like the Martian with that centrifugal. Yep. You know, kind of so spinning. But yeah, design. I I I super pumped the world. Honestly, the the budget was five million. I've just found. Yeah. Dang. 
Yeah, super super good. pump what what they were able to do were able with to that do in that. terms yeah. of just creating some some kind of environment. Wow. It felt more thoughtful than than Luck of the Irish. It is funny to watch this movie now in 2020 and the biggest star in the movie is the friend that's on screen for 8 minutes. Yeah, she's funny? on the cover too. Yeah. Had Raven been a big deal yet? I mean, Cosby she already was a child star yeah. with, Cosby, show, with Cosby show. But she had yeah. not had that so Raven yet. Um, really? No, I don't think that's how Raven started until 2001, 2002. So. Yeah, no, none of that. That wasn't, that wasn't even so Raven yet. Yeah, she was just regular Raven. She, she was, was just Raven. Raven. She was just so, so Raven. Like, who's that? that oh, point. that's Raven. That's just Raven. so, so. I, yeah, I think there's something to be so, said so about, <laughs> I think there's something to be said about the world that they have created. Not that the world building is that intense or deep or anything. It's just, again, this movie oozes early 2000s, late 90s charm to me in like a really say, great nothing way. Nothing has ever felt so 1999. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's what I think is so interesting about this series in general is the hard time capsule nature of DCOMs because they are made for a moment in time specifically, they lose relevance so quickly but the good ones retain this sort of look into the past microscope on what we used to think was cool and interesting. I mean, it's exactly like what we talked about last week. Like right. these are such, such time capsules. Like if somebody in 30 years is like, Hey, what was elementary school for you? Like, right. I will just show them Disney channel original movies. We're going to get to, we're going to get to <laughs> high school musical in our 2006. We're going to, we're going to Dr. Strange astral project into 2006 when we hit for high real. School musical. It's going to be fantastic. But I think, you know, the thing about Xenon that's weird is, and this isn't my super dump, but there is not really a message here in this movie. Yeah, it feels like there should be like a moralism, huh? Yeah, it's just sort of a story, which is yeah. fine, but so out there for Disney. Because Disney, especially at the time, was really into like, elevator pitch me this movie with the lesson the kid's supposed to learn. And that's just not here. I mean, don't... Science is good. Progress is good, maybe. I don't... Because like, it seems like Wyndham wants to tank this even the like because he doesn't see the use in the projects they're working on, even though they made a big deal at the front end of like, this could save lives. So like maybe it's a, insurance money. Yeah. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a pro science message or a pro progress message, but it's not very clear. And that's yeah. not what Xenon is fighting for. That's just sort of the story that's happening in the background while Xenon is trying to make sure her family and friends don't like rocket to earth and die, I guess. Maybe, that, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's why it's hard to hang on to. This movie, I feel like, because I don't get a clear sense ever of what Xenon wants other than I think Xenon wants to do what Xenon wants to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, and it never feels like obviously the stakes are life and death, but they it ne the movie never conveys that through tone until the last right. 30 seconds of the threat. Like the movie is never like, I have to get up to the space station or everyone I know will die. It's just like space days in trouble. Got a blast. Like it's just so could strange. We, is there a world in which we could have used like script rewrites? We could have struck a tone more similar to the Lindsay Lohan parent trap. Cause that to me feels like the appropriate mix of adolescent hijinks and some sort of narrative momentum that, world weary tired adult eyes can hang on to i'm gonna need you to pick me up and carry me over the threshold of this particular connection i'm not 
I guess I'm not seeing. That's really it. <laughs> I mean, that, that I am your has... newlywed bride when it comes to this idea, and I need you to lift me over the threshold of the doorway. Certainly. Welcome to this apartment, um, my new bride, which mm. has, if you'll notice over there, some hijinks perpetuated by children against adults. Okay. Some truly despicable adult characters that we can see the children uh, deliver the adults comeuppance in the form some of- Some real of home alone energy is what you're telling me. Goofs and gaffs and pranks and something else that starts with a P. Um, and then on the other side, we also have adult relationship drama- we have some sort of stakes that feel high. Now, am I talking about Xenon or the parent trap? Right. Now, open your eyes. <laughs> it's been Xenon the whole time. It's been Xenon the whole time. <laughs> Surprise! I never, I never left. I've been here. When you saw only one pair of s- footprints, it was Space Xenon. Space boots in the sand, it was Xenon. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think, I think maybe you're right. I think maybe there needs to be, like, the movie, it was mental slapstick, right? <laughs> there were there were no there was no paint can swinging down and hitting any like Joe Pesci in the face, but there was a mental paint can swinging down and hitting Lutz in the face a couple times. And I think we needed the physical paint can to solidify what this movie wanted to be. I think there needed yeah, to be something. Some, feel, it's like really like the the story itself is really like child geared. I think, yeah. but the script is so dialogue heavy. Yeah. You know what I mean? That it's like, what? who's the Venn diagram so, of kids that this is for and kids that are going to pay attention to every piece of dialogue? Kids that love, yeah. just so love expository dialogue. dialogue. Yeah. And also want to hear protozoa sing zoom, 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 make my heart go boom, boom. Do you like the West Wing? Your kids will love <laughs> Xenon. <laughs> yeah. I, I, kept, I noticed how many times people said, walk with me. And then. Yeah. Just all walking and talking. No, I think. Walk with me. I think you're right. I think there is sort of. There is an ingredient missing to make this like a good movie movie, like an actual good movie. If it's a kid's movie. movie, let's make it a kid's movie and give her a robot dog or something. But you know what's funny, though? Robot dog. This is Fido and it's F1D0. Yep. Um, the, the thing about it, though, is as a kid, I ate this up. Oh, yeah. Me too. Like me there too, was completely. there was no part of me as a kid that was like, I could go for some more action. Like I think I was, yeah. I think I was just like, especially as as like a young kid. I think I was just. I remember, dude, when the kid, when her friend that is so skinny, the nerd friend on the space station, came on screen, <laughs> the skinniest kid that ever lived, skinniest yeah. kid in the whole world. I remember thinking how old he was <laughs> yeah. as a kid. Like I remember thinking they were all so old and being yeah. like, "Wow, like these are these are like these high are schoolers. These are like these are like <laughs> yeah. the real deal." Um, and I think maybe that's it. Like when you're, when you're young, you can watch a high schooler, like a middle school, do anything. Like, you're just like, wow. Like, wow. So old. I think that's, that's so what, cool. I think that's what the <laughs> so life is old. like. Yeah. I think that's, I can't wait until I get to be that old. That's going to be really great. <laughs> and so I think there's just an element of like some of the ingredients to decoms is like, it doesn't really matter what it is. As long as your target audience is younger than the people on screen. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Chew on that while we, uh, right. while we head on over <laughs> <laughs> to shout announcements. Thanksgiving time is here. Shout announcements is also here. 
Welcome to Shout Announcements, the Thanksgiving edition. It's Thanksgiving all month here on Two like Chunks. 20 Anaheim. days early. Hey, that's okay. We'll talk about it a couple times. It's fine. Thanksgiving's coming. The turkey's in effect. <laughs> Make sure you're feeding your local turkey lots of grains. Juice it up. It's going to be really nice. I don't know how Juice it work. up. I don't know how turkeys work. In the business. Uh, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. There, thank you. And I'll tell you what I'm thankful for. <laughs> I'm thankful for Patreon. And you should be too, dear listener, mm. because if you love our show, and we know you do, you scamp, we know you do, and you want more of this delicious content, I have good news. That's available to you for $3 a month. That's le- you millennials in your avocado toast and your Starbucks coffees. If you just forego one, once a month, you can afford our Patreon. And on Patreon, you get bonus content. And we've hinted at it. We're going to keep hinting at it. A cool way to connect with us very soon. Yes. Yeah. But this month, for the DCOM series... Yeah, our- tell me what it is. Oh, I'll tell you what it is. I told you ahead of time, we're talking about Brink. And so for those of you that were like, I'm not going to vote for that. Too bad. We're doing it anyway. On Patreon. <laughs> and for those of you that were like, please talk about Brink, I have good news. It's going to be we there are. in all of its glory. And it's Patreon, so you know we can say whatever we want. No rules, just right. You're going to hear how I really feel about this movie. Yeah, you are notoriously diplomatic on this show. <laughs> Take no hard stances, play both sides. Um, <sighs> something that I'm thankful for is each and every one of you hearing the sound of my voice. Mm. Uh, we know statistically there are a lot of y'all, uh, a lot more than the number of ratings and reviews that we have on the iTunes store. Ooh, and so ooh, what ooh. would make me even more thankful is if we could get that ratio up to kind of a one-to-one type of situation. So if you're listening to this and you haven't left us a rating or a review uh, on the iTunes store, wherever you get your podcasts, I would be really thankful if you did that. That is the best way to help our show reach new ears and help us, your three cool dads, adopt more and more siblings for you. That would be the pecan pie of actions if you could just go do that for us. Yeah. Is pecan pie the best pie? For Thanksgiving time, maybe. that. I mean, I like pumpkin. I just like pie. I'm not really. Yeah. I think pecan pie is the best pie, just in general. It's the best pie. Um, I would say apple. I would say apple. I would say the smooth operator uh, from Emporium. You would say apple. I would say apple. Uh, a pie that I'm not a fan of, though, is Melissa Joan Hart. Um, we have, coming up now, uh, just a couple of weeks away, releasing on November 21st. It is coming. There's nothing we can do about it. We, trust me. We know that. <laughs> trust me. Uh, Felice Navidad will be on the Lifetime Movie Channel. So we ask that you watch this with us. Uh, I, You know, it's so interesting we get to have kind of a uh, critiquing eye for movies in general on this podcast. I am, I am anticipating it will be the most critiquey I have ever been maybe for a movie we've watched. It'll be definitely up there. Can you, have have y'all put yourself in the seat yet of watching this happen? I can't, I can't mentally get there. I'm going to like take notes on it. I'm going to have our script up and watch this one and just, Ooh, I was really hoping someone was going to do that. I think we definitely should do do that. But yeah, Felice Navidad is on the way. And that's going to be something that we're going to talk about long after because it's definitely something that doesn't need to die. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we are, we're very interested in that and we'll keep you posted. Trust me. 
we've got our own little Felicia Navidad war room uh, <laughs> prepped. That's true. If you're, if you're curious about what our whole deal with Felice Navidad is, uh, just throw a rock and any episode of ours that you hit <laughs> from the last six months about. to I be know. honest yeah um we just have a Check the beginning needs. the beginning of a blood feud with melissa joan hart i would say we're dead Actually, in the middle of a blood feud the blossoming of a blood feud with melissa joan hart certainly Ooh. it's uh it's getting rough out there if i'm being honest it's getting really hard <laughs> to hold on any longer uh, and speaking of holding on, you don't have to do that anymore because we're done with uh, this part of the show. Speaking of holding on, it sure seems like we're going to hold on to Shout Announcements for a long time. <laughs> I just tried to end it and you opened it back up again. Welcome to Shout Announcements. I guess we're starting over. <laughs> Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'd like to super dump now. Do it. I would like it if you would. I love a good fish-out-of-water story. Yeah. Xenon falling down the steps. Blaming gravity. You know, it's just it's just silly, Mr. Limpet. That's actually less a fish out of water and more a man a into man water. A man into some water, yeah. <laughs> but, man, there is a 25, 30-minute period of this movie from about the time that Xenon almost drowns in a swimming pool to when she finally gets back up into space where time stops. Yeah, And this movie becomes the longest movie in human history. And that 30 minute period where things, the pacing just screeches to a halt is my super dump because it, it, I mean, it really, I I still love this movie, but it is egregious. It's rough. It's like all dialogue there, but bad dialogue delivered unconvincingly by teenage actors. Yeah. And my super dump was almost Lutz because he sucks so bad. Um, And he plays a large part in this 30 minutes his stalking and breaking and entering and all of that. Um, but it's really just the 30 minutes is brutal to sit through. Um, I found myself drifting to my phone frequently and having to be like, no, put it down and like, put it back. Oh, I was making, that's the point when I made all those face swaps with the captain on that I sent you guys in Slack. (laughs) That was so funny. Your face is built for face swaps. I don't know what it is. It looks terrible on everyone Except you. Except, I think except, except me, you. No, you know, you're, you're, no, very, I would say you're a very I handsome would say boy. You're you. a very handsome boy, but your face doesn't Only work when I'm me. anywhere else. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I don't know why that is. But I, I want to talk about Lutz for a little bit. He is the analog for the villain who is really Wyndham. But it's really Lutz. And he's super evil, but he's also super Magooey. Willing yeah. to negotiate? Yeah, he's willing to negotiate with kids. But like, <laughs> I want to ask you guys a question. Has uh-huh. anyone, including you, in the history of ever put something in their pocket the way that he attempts to put that tiny laser disc oh, into his front pocket? Oh, just beefed it so bad with that special <laughs> <Just> so quarter? <laughs> that made me laugh. I don't Didn't know. hear yeah, it hit the ground wild. and gave a little self-satisfied nod like, I did a good job putting that in my pocket. <laughs> he put even that pats in my the pocket. pocket, doesn't he? Like he's like, womp, yes. bop, bop, 
And it's like, it's not there, man. Uh, yep. Got it. Oof. And it hits the ground with like a pink, <laughs> like so loud. And he's just like, la, 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 off. If there's one thing that the Hitman games have taught me, it's mm. that people cannot resist the sound of a coin hitting the ground. Mm-mm. So it's shocking that he didn't notice that. I like the Hitman games. They're very fun. Hey, they're so much more fun than they're supposed to be. Yeah, that's true. That's very much true. And the thing about the Hitman games is that they're not Xenon. But let me tell you the similarity that they have. People are way too easily convinced to just change their plans. <laughs> Lutz is breaking and then Xenon, in. And then Xenon like kills them and takes their clothes to sneak into a different part of them. Yeah, of their she's base. very sneaky. She's very sneaky. But Lutz is like breaking into the mainframe, which is just a thing that only exists in movies. And he's going he's gonna to install this virus. And Xenon's like, Misto, I'm skilled. And he's like, all right. Let's go. Rather than like, hey, you're yeah. 13 and you were just digging around in the trash. Go to bed. Yeah. I'm not your dad. The, and the role she's playing there feels too young yeah. for how old she actually yeah. is. She's, you know, she's playing a 13 year old, but I think she might have been 15 Dude, at this Kirsten time. Kirsten Storms and Raven Simone look five years older than every other person that is supposed to be their age. Yep. Yeah, so that's right on the line of like asking a a strange man to walk you home being not what you intended. Like, yeah, it was uncomfortable for me. (laughs) Yeah, it's I think I think, you know, it's a kid's movie. Your plot has to be thin enough to where kids can keep up. It's just such a weird interaction outside of the secure level four clearance mainframe room yeah yeah absolutely which is also next to a dumpster which is just a trash compactor from star wars and may i super pump i would love that i would love that dish i would like to introduce you boys to the greatest artist of our time visual effects director paul cox Uh, i found an article in a canadian publication called playback yes that was written on november 30th 1998 right before this movie came out uh, and uh, Paul Cox, the visual effects supervisor, director, is quoted as saying this. Audiences are visually literate, so you can't scrimp, says Cox. The article goes on to say, in one scene, for example, Xenon visits her parents in their lab, in which a lab rat is suspended in a zero-gravity cylinder. Normally, the rat would have been created on computer, but Disney wanted a more realistic look. In the live-action portion, Xenon sits at a console with a cylinder, though the cylinder's front is removed. The actor puts her hand into the cylinder to poke at the soon-to-be-added rat, which was separately shot on blue screen. Actually, a rat wrangler had accustomed two rats to being suspended and moved by wires. And then the front of the cylinder was shot against black. Assembled, the elements merged seamlessly, and, according to Northwest, Disney was so impressed with the effect that the rat was used in two scenes. My super pump is the visual effects in this movie, in particular the curve on which they are graded, because they're all so bad. But the fact that <laughs> yeah. Disney went for it feels like a uh, like a, a called shot a little bit. Totally. Like, hey, look, we've got CGI in our kids' movie. Totally. Top that, Nickelodeon. Right. But it, I love yeah. how terrible all the effects are. They look so bad. But uh, this article goes on to report that the visual effects budget was just under $500,000. There's 49 effects shots in this movie. Uh, and they're like, this full write-up is like taking these visual effects so seriously. Uh, and it 
it's the kind of thing we're watching it last night. I was like, man, this would have all been so much more convincing if they had used miniatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love that they just went for the CG. Right. And it's bad. It's this my same super pump as Hocus Pocus, right? We went for the CG. It's terrible, but we shot our shot and tried it out. But we shot our shot. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it adds Which to I that charm, I feel like. Movies. Like that sort I think of it like, does. I think it totally does. It's the it's the charm of like you know, your friend who's not very good at Super Smash Brothers, but is always like, yeah, I'll play. I know I'm going to get my always butt down kicked, to but play. I'll play. Yeah. Like, That's I love me. hanging out. No, Carter, you're very good at Super Smash Brothers. I know. I was just, I wanted to alley-oop that mm. because I was feeling pretty low. Yeah, let's go back. Let's better. just cut this. this, this is, it, let's cut it from the episode. Yeah, Carter, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's what that's what are a lot of these Mario Kart, feel like. Carter, what are you, uh-huh. what are you bad at? Oh, I can't skate. I can't rollerblade. So Brink is like. So it's like deal. it's like your friend who also hosts your podcast with you. Every time you're like, "Let's go rollerblading," he's like, "Yeah, I know, I'm gonna fall." But <laughs> I I'll can't go. stop asking Carter to go rollerblading. He never what says a good yes. analogy. <laughs> something everyone can relate to. But yeah, there, there's yes. there's just something about like. Given it the old college try that is just yeah, so sure. charming. It's just like, you know, Xenon, you know, Xenon's not going to add to anything, but she's nice to have around. Like, she's she's a good <laughs> energy. She brings a good vibe. I can always appreciate that. No, I think I think I, I get what you're saying for sure. And I, you know what I want, though, from this movie? Watching it now, um, I realized I want more of, like, her sitting at the table and being like, I've never tried any of this food. Um, and then we get the scene with her and Greg where she's like eating onion rings and stuff. I think I want more of that. Like, I think I want more of her. I've on never Earth. been hungrier for an onion ring Dude, than when I was I watching yelled that scene. Onion rings when they came on screen. <laughs> I did. Onion rings. They looked delicious. Dude, oh I, my goodness. I have. Why was it? Yeah. I have an onion ring thing. I am obsessed with onion had rings. Had a strong 9 p.m. onion ring. Crazy. I love as I was watching that. Onion rings. Same. Strong. I live too close to a Sonic for me to feel comfortable having those cravings. Oh no, <laughs> that would be dangerous for this That's boy. A bad I time. You this. But I think I want more of that. Like, I think I want more of her discovering earth. Isn't so bad. Look at what I'm missing out on. Maybe like, yeah, like I yeah. think I want, I want more of the flower scene where she's like, what's the point? And her aunt's like, things don't have to have a point. We're not utilitarian See, down here. I think, I think that could have been like a moralism. You know what I mean? Like that is right. something to hold on to. That could have been a through line for her character for this movie. Right. Like I, I want a scene where Xenon, you know, just gets a milkshake because she wants one, and it's like you can just yeah. have this. There's not designated eating zones and eating times and stuff. You know what I mean? Like just a little no. more. And I think whimsy. it's probably it's probably a hallmark of watching this as an adult. But Xenon never seemed like anything more than a mouthy teenager oh, that dude. would frustrate me infinitesimally more than than. I would be charmed by when she talked to Wyndham and she was like, just so you know, everybody's fooled by you, but I'm not. I was like, I know he's a bad guy, but you need to cool it, Xenon. You're being so <laughs> yeah. disrespectful. I think if she had said that to me, I would have said, all right, child, thanks for your input. <laughs> yeah, I love how threatened I, speaking he feels of, by her. <laughs> for yes, real. Let's, let's work a little bit more off of this. All right, child energy in saying that like, okay, one of the great things about kids movies in general and Disney does it really well is... Uh, we don't really have to explain that kids are capable, very likely, of doing things better than than grownups are. Right. Yeah. Right. Because oh, yeah. we we want to be the hero if we're the kid. It is for us. But the fact that we hacked into probably the biggest company in the world at the time in 2049's mainframe computer, one dude did it from like an old Tetris Game Boy. Yeah. Like, okay, okay. I mean, that's fine. I don't know why that stood out to me as being even more ridiculous. 
and that it is, I mean, Xenon has the info, right? To help save the, uh, our space station, right. Uh, in the end. And so she does save the day by typing in the code that looks like, uh, hieroglyphic wingdings or whatever that yeah, is. I love that there's a new written language, but only for passwords, only for passwords, only for passwords, only yeah. for passwords. It's like yeah. Arabesh from star Wars. <laughs> It's uh, like also, I, sorry, can I say one more thing? Yeah. I'd love that. In, <laughs> Only one that more yeah though, and then you got to hang up. That yeah felt bad. Um, <laughs> yes, child. Our, our, <laughs> our code, like our viruses that say you can't, sorry, like the little worm. Uh, and then we have Xenon coming out of like a jack-in-the-box kind yeah. of thing. Didn't that feel so hard that they were trying to do the next like ah ah ah? Dude, I was literally about to say that exact Uh, uh, uh. thing. Really? That was what I was about to say. Jurassic Park to the same Jurassic Park school of what hacking is. Yeah, I love hacking. Jurassic Park's Nedry. Uh uh uh. Uh uh uh. I love viruses telling you that they're there, defeating the point of a virus. (laughs) Gotcha. Like just just so so you know, you have a virus. Just so you know, you have a virus. Strong memory of that little worm guy, though, dude. For real, I don't know why. I don't either. But but I think it's because as a kid, I forgot about the worm, and then I was like, "Oh my gosh, the worm! That's like a big deal." As a kid, child brain, it was the Death Star, quicksand, and computer viruses were the three scariest things that existed. It was like a virus. No, (laughs) and I also love. I think we need to start. (laughs) I think we need to start some sort of recurring something with child hackers because the trend of child hackers, particularly from 1990 to 2010. Yeah. Like that 20 year period of like kids carry around hacking devices and hack is so good. It's such a rich vein. Yeah, Maybe we need to do a hackers series, like a, like a hack series. It's just Tarantino. But I think, I love I Tarantino. Say, it's just Hacksaw Ridge every time, right? I love Tarantino. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think that there is this feels like does your buffet analogy earlier is really great because Xenon feels like a buffet of it's closing out the 90s. It's 1999. We're about to be done. And it feels like we turned Quick, around. We got to get all our 90s in. Yep. We walked back through the <laughs> 90s and we were just like a little bit of that, please. A little bit of that, please. I'll take a bite of that, please. Ooh, that looks nice. I'll just take one of those. That'll be good. A whole bunch of that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we yeah. just built this plate of 90s and then we slapped a name on it and we were like, uh, somebody find me a kid's book that we can just kind of cram this all into. Um, but gorsh, dang it. It works for me. Well, that's congratulations. <laughs> I don't know that I share that feeling. <laughs> Man, so happy for you. It's a, it's a silly business. I think we should rate this movie because it seems like we're at that point. Let's do it. So I want to use science, um, if I may. The science that uh, Xenon Carr's parents used to float a rat and do something with bone marrow. <laughs> float a rat is just a funny phrase. Uh, the scientific cinema scale created right here in the Two Chunks Test uh, Kitchen. It is a proprietary technology and you may not use it unless you license it their money it's as follows the best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it don't lend it buy that poster the next best thing that's buy it followed by rent it and then stream it after that is forget it and last but certainly least the worst thing we could ever say about a movie god hath forsaken us i'll go first okay stream 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 (laughs) It's a stream. We didn't talk enough about me. Protozoa, but yeah, that's good. 
We didn't talk. We really didn't talk enough about Prozone. That would be like skipping out on talking about Powerline. Yeah, good point. Um, but it's a stream. I think I do like it a little bit better than Luck of the Irish, but not enough to move it up on the scientific cinema scale. Right. My 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 inkling, my spidey senses tell me that's going to change within the next couple of movies. The last the last half of our DCOM sure, sure. series and with our Patreon. Um, but for now, even with all of its creativity that I loved, um, there was enough about it. Again, trying to look at it from a lens of a, of a child watching this movie. There was enough about it that just didn't didn't work for me in, in a way that feels not fair to say about a decom <laughs> that it didn't work for me uh, for an adult man. But yeah, stream. Yeah, it's valid. I think the only way I will ever watch this movie again is if I go to like a 90s party. You know what I mean? Like if some if if one day the sun shines on this land again and the bad germs are all gone uh, and somebody has a party and they say it's a 90s party and we're having pop rocks and watching decoms. That sounds so fun for real. That sounds like a blast. That does sound really fun. And that's when I'd watch this. But other than that, I think I would forget this movie. What? Are you kidding me? Uh oh! I'm in between like a forget it and a stream because it is. It, this is genuinely not something I'll ever throw on for fun. What did you rank Luck of the Irish? I don't remember. If you're ranking remember. this lower than R- Luck of the Irish, I have some reflecting to do. I definitely like this more than Luck of the Irish, but it was harder to sit through and watch for me. And I think it was really just that middle portion where it's all dialogue from these child actors that is just so rough. So I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. I, I want to leave it open to you guys, to the jury. Is this a forget? Based on my criteria. I am not answering f- this question for you. I'm not no, undigging no, no. this No, hole. I can't do that for you. I can't figure it out. Based on my criteria of the only way I would watch this movie, does that mean that I stream it or does that mean that I forget it? I feel like I'm in between. Only you can make that call. I'll give it a stream. <laughs> no, dude. I think you should stick with what you stick feel. Stick with your bad answer. I don't know. If that's a forget, that's I'm a, fine. I'm a forget it and a half. I'm going hmm. to forget to stream it. <laughs> we can give that to you just this once. But you don't you don't play with the scientific cinema scale like that. All willy-nilly. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not a play thing. It's not a toy. Um I'm renting this movie. I this with is money. This is such a this is such a um a boiled down congealed essence of childhood to me. Um fully aware of faults and cracks and like how bad it truly is. But it is like, I'm not, I'm not kidding. This will be a movie that like my future children, I will be excited to be like, watch this bad movie with me. Like, this is going to be great. Like, come watch this bad movie. You're going to love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think this rules. I, I, I loved even, even the bad middle 25, 30 minutes. I loved watching this. I would watch this yep. again, no problem. I, I think this was great. I'm really happy that this one made the cut. I am too. And if you're listening because you just like to listen, we I know we have some people that listen to every episode, even if they're not caught up on the movie or whatever. You should definitely watch this one, especially if you have Disney+. Plus. It is worth yeah. just to see how aggressively and unflinchingly 90s it is. If you were alive and remember this time in the 90s, this is going to be like a a sweet, sweet drink that takes you right back in time. And if you don't 
remember this this period of history? It was exactly this. Yeah, just without space. <laughs> it's just 1999 on Earth in this movie. Everybody that's wearing futuristic clothes instead replace that with a short sleeve T-shirt that has a long sleeve T-shirt underneath it, and you're in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Did you guys have those that were like? Oh yeah, sewn? that were like stitched one shirt. to the shirt. Oh yeah, it was just one shirt for sure for sweaty boys. And they, that was a godsend. They all had they all had <laughs> pictures of like waves or like a surfboard. Or waves like, or like just like a football. Yeah. Like just yeah. sort of like generic Singular. sport shirt, generic outside shirt, but not in a cool just, way. No, just like has like a baseball bat on it. Right. Yep. Yeah. I remember I had a, I had like a, an almost burnt orange, but like almost a, maybe like a brick red. And then the, the sleeves were black. Like the long Ooh. sleeves underneath were black and the front of it was just a, like an out of focus, almost red, blue, 3D image of just a wave. Yeah. Just a, a wave in the ocean. Um, but yep. the, the wave was not, it was a square, like a photograph, just a square <laughs> in the middle. It wasn't yeah. like a wave on, it was just a photograph of a wave on the shirt. And that I is amazing. It, it wasn't that's 90s. Amazing. It would have been early 2000s, but I think that's Probably a leftover. Probably from Old Navy. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, I virtually guarantee it. So, yeah. Um, Man, I'm loving this still DCOM series so much we, more than I thought I would. As we reminisce through our elementary school years. <laughs> oh, man. Well, next week, we are going to be talking about Smart House. Um, the uh, frontrunner Katie Seagal vehicle, the, the one that uh, created, created a, 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 a career, I think is safe to say. The other thing that's interesting, these are two future <laughs> visions of the future in a row. These are two movies that give us a vision of the future through Disney's mind. And I'm pretty sure Smart House is a vision of the present though, right? Aren't they just like, this is what we can create right now with all of our science? I think it's it's sort of like, Semi, yeah. I think it's sort of like it takes place in the present, but with future technology, sort of an idea. And So it's Black Mirror. I gotta say, I have a, I have a Google Home in some smart bulbs, and I feel like I'm in the yeah. smart house. I've got a smart house. Uh, what's her name? Pat. Mine's pretty smart. I'm going to rename my Google Home Pat. Like smart house. Pat. And that'll be really great. Hey, to end today's episode, I'd like for us each to say our name and uh, what Xenon 4 will be about. Oh, goodness. Uh, and just to catch you up real quick, Xenon 2, she meets aliens, and they only want to talk to her because she likes Protozoa so much. And in Xenon 3, it's Hunger Games in space. For real? Much. I don't know that I've ever seen the third one. It is bad. That's it. It's bad. How does it... Com- I mean, on your sliding scale, is this one good then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would call this one good. I would call the second one good. I would call the third one bad. I might watch Xenon 2 today. Z- Z- Z2 the sequel is actually what it's called. Xenon the sequel. The Zeke, which is great. That is a different kind of clever. Um, so for two chunks and a hunk, I'm Jordan, and I think in Xenon Z4, um, I think that we find Xenon working in a space hospital full of drama, betrayal, love, death, and life, maybe filmed and released daily um yeah. for literally 50 years. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just sort of like a, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't think it's a specific hospital. I think it's sort of like just a general hospital. Goodness. Uh, but in space, there it is. but in space. 
I think Z4. Uh, we're going to open, I'm Doge, by the way, we're going <laughs> to open on a world in which the space station has been destroyed. Oh, no. Xenon goes into hiding. Uh, she's been gone for decades at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's found by a young scavenger girl. Mm-hmm. And then Xenon gets to say the line. It's, it's true. true. All, All of it. it. Yeah. So I Protozoa. The aliens by the moon. Supernova girl. <laughs> I really thought you were doing Halo at the very beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm starting to realize, uh, you know, we've already made comparisons of Blade Runner 49, uh, maybe a a hint of The Martian, Interstellar. What the Xenon franchise has actually been doing feels really close to the following. I'm Carter, by the way. And I think what's going to happen is because our first one was something new and fresh. Uh, and it just was kind of, it was poorly done in a way. The second one from the sounds of it might be worse. It's certainly worse. Uh, it's not bad. And the third one worse. seems to take a completely different trend yeah, they ran and, out and do ideas. something completely different. Which means if this is also going the route of Fast and Furious, oh. the fourth installment is going to be a re, just a rebranding. And really good. We're going to keep the same <laughs> stuff and just, you know, it's going to be amazing. It's, it's just going to be called Xenon. Yeah. Just simply Xenon. Simply mm. Xenon. And then we're gonna we're gonna figure this out. We're gonna get a bigger budget, and uh, I, th- I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be really good. And I would go see it. But we're rebranding on number four with Dude, one hundred percent Z three is the Tokyo Drift of the Xenon series. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.